Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. Today's <clears throat> message is uh, part six of a nine-part series entitled Drink, Drink from the Fountain of Grace, with today's message specifically entitled The Cup of Compassion, based off of Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. So let us dive into the Word today. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with him. Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will say to the sheep, he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me my clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Amen. For Jesus, compassion and justice are inseparable. My understanding of justice is rooted in Hebrew scripture. The word zedek translates as justice. It also translates as righteousness. True justice is the restoration of right relationship between God and humanity and right relationship among humanity. And that's a quote from the Reverend Tracy Blackman. Let me read that quote again because it's very important. My understanding of justice is rooted in Hebrew scripture. The word zedek translates as justice. It also, it also translates as righteousness. True justice is the restoration uh, of right relationship between God and humanity and right relationship be among, hum among humanity. Again, from the Reverend Tracy Blackman. We all love stories in the Bible or in the media of people who discover Jesus while journeying on the road. There's the classic story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus who... Uh, encounter Jesus as a stranger and a fellow so sojourner. And there's the story of Jesus, the Lord, who stops Saul of Tarsus blind in his tracks. 
I mean, these stories are miraculous. And of course, we've had modern ones where people are close to death and see Jesus or, or you know, like a lot of different movies like that. And we love them. And these stories are miraculous. And we always wonder what such an encounter would be like. At least I know I have. And I've always looked up to those disciples, to Paul, to Mary Magdalene, and others who really encountered the resurrected, ascended Jesus face to face. The thing is, I have actually had such an experience. A couple of times, actually. But the time I remember most, the time I most remember seeing Jesus in someone else, in a, in a stranger, just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, was my first day in India, Bangalore to be exact, where we, we visited the Krishna temple. Our and our group was ascending the massive stairs to get up to the temple. Now, I've told this story before, but not explicitly in this way. There I was, trying to mind my own business, not trying to stick out like a tourist, though, let's be honest, when you look like me in India, there's no way to avoid sticking out. So there I was, looking, da looking uh, down at the stairs as I walked up them, when a hand broke into my line of sight. And this arm was not moving. So I was either going to have to walk through it awkwardly or look up at the gentleman who possessed the arm. I chose the latter. I looked up and there was this Krishna pilgrim, shirtless and shoeless with ceremonial paint, ritual paint on his face. And he looked straight into my eyes and said, brothers, we are brothers. And he walked away. I'd like to believe he saw Jesus in me. He saw how, he certainly saw how uncomfortable and out of place I looked. But I can tell you this right now no matter what he did or did not see, I saw our Lord in him. And he was telling me, Todd, did you come all this way not to learn and grow? Did you come here on your own, or have I sent you? Is it not I who formed you in your mother's womb? Is it not I who has placed my calling and my trust upon you? Break this shell you're in, and trust me back. And from that moment on, I knew that I had encountered Jesus in that, in that man who broke through my walls and chains. Now, that's not to say that man was Jesus, but Jesus was speaking through him to me. And that moment has led me closer and closer to Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Friends, we are called to see Jesus in other people and know that Jesus shows up to us in the faces of people we meet. Jesus is asking us to treat people like people. Or, if we can't wrap our heads around that simple comment, you know, comment, Jesus is asking us to treat people as if they were Jesus. This passage is not just about helping people. It is about the judgment of whole communities and systems. Jesus is talking about what it will be like at the time of judgment and what kind of kingdom his will be. Both the sheep 
and the goats ask the question, when did we see you? The sheep embodies the sheep embody God's teaching, while the goats just don't do it. The sheep have cared for Jesus without even realizing it by caring for those in need. The goats, on the other hand, jump to self-defense. When did we see you and not take take and not take care of you? When did we see you and not do these things? If they had known Jesus was present in the least of these, they would have certainly taken care of the needy. But that's the whole point, right? They're like, when did we see you in these situations and not take care of you? If we had known you were in need, we would have done it. If we had known you were in the in the presence of those that we were supposed to be serving, we would have taken care of them. But that again, that's the whole point. Jesus is not asking people to care for one another so they can be rewarded by Jesus and do the, you know, and do the right thing. Like as if the only way we'll do it is if Jesus shows up and gives us a crown or something. I mean, come on. That's the whole point. Jesus wants them to be compassionate to others simply because they are human beings. This is the way he wants his kingdom to operate. We are to hold we are held to account and we get to choose our actions. That said, what Jesus asks of them and us is pretty straightforward. A drink of water, a meal, a visit, clothes, shelter. The cup this week is a more literal one than in previous weeks. One of the many things we focus on in Lent is our humanity, which includes how we are embodied creatures. What is important to Jesus in this passage is a very practical caring for the physical well-being of other people, not just as an act of charity here and there when it's convenient, but as a way of living, of being compassionate in all our encounters. For Jesus, orthodoxy, or right belief, means nothing without orthopraxy, right practice. If you have the right belief, but you don't put it into practice, that's useless, man. Just as if you have the wrong belief and you put that into practice, that can be deadly. Let us look at Sussex County, of which our beloved Newton is the county seat. And again, this is the community in which my church serves this is the community and the county in which my church serves and some of you who listen may be within the same county some of you may be outside of it so you could look at your own stats but in sussex county as of 2019 the average median income for an individual was 42,781 and the average median income for households was 94,520. According to the, the Poverty Research Institute's calculations, a family of three in New Jersey in 2019 was in true pro poverty if its total income came in under 70,372. So if a, a, a family of three only bringing in 70,000, 
$1,371, for instance, or under, were considered to be experiencing true poverty. Yet, you know, with, with inflation and the way things cost and, and the cost of living and all of that, yet the federal cutoff for the poverty line is that just as that is that a just twenty thousand dollars and five twenty thousand five hundred and ninety eight dollars so true poverty is at the the seventy thousand three hundred and seventy two dollar mark but the federal cutoff for being actually poor is people who total incomes of twenty thousand five hundred and ninety eight total income who 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 can, what single person could live on that? Well, I guess single you could, but still. Federal guidelines aside, that means that means the many of Sussex County families live decently. That means many of the of Sussex County families live decently, even above even the true poverty line. And great for those of great for those of us who do. Most of us, you know, on average are above that poverty line by 20 or so thousand more dollars. So good for us that do. But if the poverty line is at $20,598, then people are being quote unquote helped only to keep them well under the true poverty line. Like if the true poverty line is 70,300 some odd people, but you're not getting help unless you're, you're making less than 20,598 people, there are a whole lot of people who are poor who aren't getting help, and the ones who are getting help are stuck in the system because they'll never get out of it at that rate. That Again, for those who are struggling in Sussex County and elsewhere in New Jersey and around the country, they virtually have no hope of getting out of their current situations because they simply aren't getting sufficient assistance. And then society blames them. You know, Sussex County is rural, and so people don't even acknowledge poverty here. And sadly, when it is acknowledged, we judge people as milking the system, or we think of them as lazy or uneducated. But here are some more facts. In New Jersey, we have 593 homeless veterans. And those are, of course, the veterans who reported they were homeless. So you can only imagine that number is much higher. We can also make an educated guess as some of those 593 plus veterans are homeless in Sussex County, some of whom no doubt are single males who have the hardest time finding shelter in Sussex County. That's right, there is no shelter for single males in Sussex County. So if you're a single male and you're homeless, oh well. <laughs> in fact, stats show that there are 69 sheltered, four unsheltered, uh, 69 sheltered veterans, four unsheltered veterans in Sussex County, a, a total of 73 homeless veterans in Sussex County. Also in Sussex County, believe it or not, we have a total of 334 people who are known to be homeless. Again, that number is probably higher. There are 94 who are sheltered with other families. There are 212 sheltered individuals. There are 28 homeless families in Sussex County. And there are a total of 17 youth who are homeless, 14 who are sheltered, and 3 who are unsheltered. Again, among the reported. 
knowing these stats, let me ask you a few questions. First, were you aware of this? Or if you don't live in this community, are you aware of those numbers in your community? The numbers of those who are unfed, unsheltered, and are the least of these among us in our county, in our state, in our country. And these stats are just on the homeless. Let's not forget, forget the sick, the imprisoned, the naked and the hungry. Can you imagine if we intentionally made note of the needs in the town and community around you? So I want to, I want to invite you to do an experiment this week. Pick a day. And for that entire day, imagine every person you meet is Jesus. The next Sunday, either via social media or in the, or in the comments of, uh, of the podcast, or if you happen to attend my church at church, next Sunday, let me know if, if these change. Let me know if this changes how you treat the person and let me know how it changes you. And how, how you how how you how you changed in, and in what ways you changed, how, how you treated the person differently. Let me know all of those things. Compassion is mercy in action, friends. We need to move to action in our personal lives in ways that are in line with our Christian faith. We really do. We need to move to action in our personal lives in ways that, you know, that are in line with our Christian faith. And so our homework again for this week, on whatever day you choose, intentionally imagine every person you meet as Jesus and see if and how that changes how you treat them. Amen? Amen. I look forward to the rest, to the results next week, um, uh, results this coming Sunday. Uh, so please, please, if, if you if you do this and you would like to drop a line, there, there are multiple ways in the episode notes that you can do so. But I hope that you will take this challenge up and uh, and do that and see how it changes you. I bet you it will. Uh, but with that said, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this this inspirational message, this uplifting message that reminds us that we are to see you in all people, Lord, for you created all people. And you've called us to reach out to all people in love and to bring them to know you so that they may be filled with your love, your grace, and pass it on to others as well. Lord, we thank you and praise you again. And we trust that you are working to move us from where we are to where you have called us to be. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, friends, please do check out the episode notes. You will notice that um, in them there are links uh, to various things. Uh, so check out those links. Um, I do uh, want to say it's always great for uh, us to uh, to gather and to worship together. One of the important parts of, of uh, worshiping or of uh, listening to messages um, is that they're supposed to move the service, a worship service and a message is supposed to move us to action to serve Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest ways we can do that is through our giving. Again, this this ministry is 
is absolutely free. I don't charge for for it at all because I don't charge for God's word. This is this is for for people to listen and grow with. Uh, but if you're in a place where you can support us and this is your main ministry throughout the week, this is your main feeding, spiritual feeding, by all means uh, support us, and that would be very helpful so we can continue to be faithful in our mission and ministry. Uh, ministries, but also um, if this is supplemental and you attend another church, then by all means support that church. And if you have it in you to ser- serve us, uh, or to sh- uh, share with us both, uh, we would certainly be appreciative on both ends. But with that said, friends, remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.